Well, I'm Blackfoot. This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, Strong and Powerful, Dr. Jay Shaw. Jay, are you ready to do this? Sounds great. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you on. Let's go. Dr. Jay is Chief Medical Officer with Actia. They're a cuffless blood pressure device and software platform changing how we diagnose, treat, and manage hypertension. Jay, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Thanks very much. Um, I'm a personal life I'm a father. I've got two children. Um, we are moving to Boston and uh, excited about that. Um, I am a cardiologist by training. I've been practiced for over 15 years. I trained at Massachusetts General Hospital. There's the Boston Connection and did my uh, cardiology training in St. Louis at Washington University. And then I started my own practice from scratch in Portland, Oregon, and ran that for seven years. And then about four years ago, got an opportunity to uh, join the Mayo Clinic, which I did in their Arizona practice and started the um, their clinic for com complex thoracic aortic diseases. And after about 12 years or so in practice, I, I started, you know, really wondering, you know, where I could have maybe a different way to take that clinical expertise and have a broader impact on people at large and, uh, rather than just one patient at a time. And that led me on sort of a process of discovery and eventually to this company, Actia, where I have been the chief medical officer for now almost two years. Well, that's kind of my background in a nutshell. I love it. Nice. And did you grow up in Boston, Jay? I grew up in St. Louis. So I'm a Midwestern kid, um, but I did my college in the Midwest and medical school, but I ended up in Boston for a residency. And that's where I met my wife. And so that's, that's our ties to the Northeast. And she's from the Northeast as well. Got it. Okay. Well, you got the Pacific Northwest, you got the Southwest. <laughs> and uh, I know I've covered most of the country. Yeah. I think that that's awesome. Um, so I, I I don't know what is, how do you spend your time as a chief medical officer now versus I, I sort of understood what you were doing with the mail. Right. Yeah. So instead of, I mean, I'm, <clears throat> for 15 years, I've been in clinic, in the hospital, seeing patients uh, one at a time. And as chief medical officer, it's kind of an interesting role. I find it super interesting is that the company as, as a whole, and we'll talk about what our sort of overall mission is, is to really optimize and, and help people control hypertension, which is the world's most common chronic disease and the most common modifiable cause of death in the world. And But in, that in this role, I kind of work in, across multiple functions and I get to work in the research and development phase of the company, the regulatory phase of the uh, part of the company, the product development, and as well, the commercialization or business development of, of bringing the product to market. So across all these different uh, functions of the company, I serve as a primary, med primary medical voice, clinical voice, um, and sort of really help the, help the company kind of maintain focus on the and customer, which is going to be me, you, anyone, uh, patients, really. And so that's it's, it's really critical that we have the, you know, the medical perspective and point of view. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that that's very cool. And I imagine that you're a curious person and obviously an intelligent person. So to get to just take on a new challenge is um, yeah. I, I, that certainly makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much. Now, it, it has been a great um, shift, I guess, in my career. 
Uh, it's vastly different from what I've been used to doing, but uh, I'm learning a ton and I really enjoy the people I'm working with and the team. So I couldn't be happier. Nice. So hypertension, you said it was the most common chronic disease and also the most influenceable. I think something along those lines. Uh, tell me more about hypertension. Yeah. So hypertension, most people are aware of what hypertension is, high blood pressure, right? Hypertension, high blood pressure. People are kind of very aware of that problem, but may not be aware of how serious it is and how widespread. So it's 1.4 billion people in the world have hypertension. 130 million Americans have hypertension. It is by far the most common modifiable cause of death in the world per the WHO. So it's an extremely common problem and almost everyone has heard of it. Everyone sort of probably has some sense that high blood pressure is bad and it can affect your heart and these kind of things. Um, but it's often not talked about or even by the medical um, community with sort of an urgency or a, or a real push that it needs that we need to do something about it other than, you know, control it, get it under control at some point. It's a risk factor. So it, it sort of it breeds a, a level of complacency, I think, among many people. But the truth is, is that <clears throat> it is so fundamentally important to so many different organ systems. And it it is the primary input into uh, the main causes of death and disease in the world, which namely heart disease, stroke, uh, even has a significant uh, influence over cognitive impairment and dementia, kidney disease, aortic aneurysms, reproductive health, on and on. It has it has tremendous secondary effects. So, you know, it, it I think it's sometimes sort of under the radar. And on top of that, even though it's so common. People, you don't feel it. There are no symptoms with high blood pressure. So it doesn't give people the same sort of urgency or annoyance as your knee or your hip or your back or some other sim, you know, physical symptom that reminds you every day, hey, there's some problem here. There is nothing like that in high, high blood pressure. And it can exist, and it often does, for decades, causing its damage without anyone ever knowing about it. Crazy, 1.4 billion people, 130 million Americans, um, and that were mildly complacent about it. I think that that's it's yeah. it's 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 kind of wild when you think about it. Yeah. So when I think I, I I don't know much about high blood pressure. I guess I'm fortunate that I'm not one of those people, and hopefully I will I never will be. What is really happening? Does that mean that? Yeah. Instead of me trying to describe it, I'll just ask. No, and I think that sometimes the statistics and the common commonality of the problem in actually make the complacency worse because everyone just sort of assumes that, okay, it's out there. I may get it, but if I do, so many people have it, I'm sure they're all fine. And even if, you know, you don't have it or I don't get it, hopefully one in two people over the age of 65 will. So even if you don't, chances are one of your loved ones, your mom, dad, brothers, sisters, spouse, somebody's going to get it that that you know. And, and or even if you don't know that they necessarily have high blood pressure, they'll get something else. They'll have dementia, they'll have cognitive, they'll have a stroke, they have a heart attack. All of those things largely are driven in part by high blood pressure. So how does it actually cause these problems. Well, hypertension or high blood pressure by itself is a disease of the vessels of the body where you get higher pressure in all the arteries of your body. 
You can't feel it. There are no nerve endings on the inside of your arteries, but but the pressure is there and it's higher overall over the long period of time, decades, years, decades over time. And your underlying organs, your brain, your eyes, your heart, your kidneys are all exposed over time to this higher than normal pressure. And they're not designed for that. They're not designed to, to withstand that higher pressure of blood coming into those vessels. So over time, that higher pressure leads to chronic damage of the time tiny, tiny vessels that no one can see in your brain, your heart, your eyes, your kidneys, et cetera. And therefore, it leads to problems like stroke, aneurysms, dementia, vision loss, kidney failure, heart failure, heart attack, arrhythmias, aortic aneurysms, one after another after another. So that's how it causes its problems. And it does it silently, it does it slowly, and it does it over a long period of time. All right. So... Interactia, how are, how is, how, tell us, tell us what, what you're actually doing. Sure. So Actia was founded by two Swiss biomedical engineers, and they were really, are really experts at optical signal processing. So the novel technology at the heart of Actia is their invention of being able to, with an optical of, with an LED light and an optical signal worn on with a device on the wrist. They're able to capture these optical signals of blood flowing through the capillaries of your, the small vessels of your skin, analyze those signals and deliver back accurately a blood pressure and a heart rate. Hmm. And they do, and it does it without you knowing that it's taking measurements and it does it consistently and continually over time. So think about 25 to 30 readings a day, a couple hundred a week, 800 to a thousand a month. And you don't have to do anything. You don't have to sit in a position. You don't have to, um, you know, be very still. You can just live your life and it'll track and, op, you know, monitor and track and measure your blood pressure routinely over time. And that's one of the aspects of blood pressure that is sort of, there's a fallacy because of the traditional cuffs that everyone's pretty well aware of how to take a blood. You get one measurement at one point in time. But you don't really know what's happening the rest of the time. And that's mm. one of the keys of high of blood pressure is that it's continuously changing. So how, even if you get one measurement and it looks good, you could still for 23 hours a day and or and more have out of the range, you know, blood pressure that's out of an optimal range. So taking many frequent measurements over time is the only realistic way to really have a full picture of your blood pressure. And then Around that innovative technology, the software around it starts to help people individualize their understanding of their blood pressure pattern and what can they do to improve it, empowering them and really putting them in control of a chronic disease where they, where people, individuals, patients are the ones who are the most, you know, um, uh, the ones who, who need to take charge the most because Physicians, you know, medical practitioners will see people once a year, once every six months, 15, 20 minutes. But the large, you know, the vast amount of time, uh, majority of time, 364 days, 23 hours and 45 minutes, you know, that's it's it's really up to the patient to really take charge of, of, of their own health. And, and the software is designed to help them do that. And it's all about patient empowerment. Well, I love it. 
Amen to that. Um, and it makes sense. I've never thought about it. You know, you go and you sit down in the doctor's office, it puts that cuff on you, it gets tight, it gives you the reading. Like I have no idea what's 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 going on, what's kind of good or bad. Do I have a resting blood pressure? And then it goes up and down, or is it not like my heart rate at all? It's 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 dis- no, it's not similar to your heart rate, although there there is a sort of fluctuation to it. But there's so there's a, a fluctuation when you're resting versus when you're exercising versus when you recover from exercise. But there's also fluctuations between morning, afternoon, evening, nighttime, sleep, waking up. And so there's there's a complex pattern. It's it's not just like a heart rate of like resting you know, not resting. It's not like that. So there's a complex pattern that that really is unknown to most people because who really takes their blood pressure every 10 minutes for 24 hours or weeks at a time to really understand what that pattern is? We don't do that. It's not possible with vast majority of things. And so so this is a, for the first time we're able to com- compile a data set for each individual where where we get this highly complex data set that that where we can start to discover the signals and insights that are hidden hidden in those patterns. So interventions, I I my guess is that if I am overweight, um, if I have um so my physical composition probably has something to do with my blood pressure, but then also if I'm in a stressful environment and then I can look and see, oh my gosh, look at four o'clock in the afternoon, my blood pressure was really, really high. What was going on then? The first thing to kind of understand about you know interventions is to understand that blood pressure, as we talked about, really does its damage over time. So what is important? Our perspective at Actia and really physiologically, it makes sense that one reading at one time or one hour a day of one you know specific day actually means very little in the long run what you really care about are weeks months years of patterns and trends and so really that's sort of the lens we should be looking at and thinking about blood pressure but to your point of okay so let's say somebody's blood pressure over a longer period of time is high and what do they do about it so one of the things that we, as and you mentioned a few that are that are right, and almost all of us could rattle off a few common things that, what do you do when your blood pressure is high? Oh, well, you probably should exercise more, you probably should lose weight, reduce sodium, reduce alcohol, stop smoking. The common things that everyone, almost everyone could probably think of. What we don't know is how does a specific intervention affect a specific individual? So how do I know, George, whether you personally would benefit from sodium reduction? I have no, as a clinician, I have no idea. So we make the same recommendation to every single person who has high blood pressure, irrespective of that person and that individual. And we know, just as an example, salt reduction, okay? Everyone thinks about that. It's very difficult to do, but... And everyone, all physicians and healthcare providers recommend sodium reduction to people who are hypertensive. But only 50% of hypertensive people are salt sensitive, meaning that only half of the people who, even if they actually tried sodium reduction, would actually have a significant response in their blood pressure. For the other half, it's kind of a waste of time. And we have no idea who's who. (laughs) So... One of the aspects of our software that we're designing is, again, around this innovative technology is to figure out 
who responds to which intervention and how good is that intervention for that one person? So for example, if we do dry January, some people lack of alcohol makes very little difference with their blood pressure. Others, it might make a significant difference. We don't really know who's who's which, but with our technology and the software that we build around it, we can start to identify those individual patterns and start to personalize the recommendations for the first time really in hypertension. I think that that's, I think it's exciting and, 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 and pretty incredible. So how is it going so far? <laughs> it's going well, it's going really well. Um, you know, we are in the European market. So we have approval We've been in the European market for two years. We have over 40,000 users. We have a number of hospitals and clinics that are now deploying um, the technology across their patient populations. So that part's going really well. We are working to get it to the U.S. market. And obviously, it's a regulated medical device, so that has to go through the FDA. So it's a long and arduous process, but we're confident that we'll get through at some point. Um, so there are certainly challenges in regulated medical device, you know, um, uh, the world, but, but the, but the, but what we have demonstrated is that for the users who have tried it in the markets we are in, there's significant uh, interest and traction. So, you know, we'll continue to refine our product and make sure that we obviously listen to, to patients and to healthcare providers and to really build it for them, because in the end, that's that's why we're here. Well, Jay, thank you so much for your work and thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and where can they learn more about Actia? Well, thanks for having me on. You can go to our website at any time, www.actia.com, A-K-T-I-I-A.com. Uh, all our social media um, uh, sites are at Actia Global. You can certainly find me on LinkedIn uh, as well. And um, and yeah, and, and you can sign up on the website, uh, especially in the U.S. There's a email list for all uh, if you're interested for to get updates as we as we get closer um, to you, to the U.S. market and just updates in general. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed as much as I did, show Dr. J your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to actia.com. It's A-K-T-I-I-A.com. You can find them on social media at Actia Global and then find Dr. J Shaw, J-A-Y-S-H-A-H on LinkedIn. And if this is of interest to you, if you're somebody who is suffering from hypertension or dealing with it, or you have a loved one, absolutely get on that uh, distribution list that Jay was talking about and stay up to date for when it is approved and launches here stateside. Thanks again, Jay. Sounds good. Thank you very much. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.